November 7th, November 7th, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 24-hour Extra Life live stream, November 7th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's time, honey. Wait, when is the 11 a.m. November happen? 7th Central Standard Time is the 24-hour Extra Life Space Cats Peace Turtles live stream, 24 hours nonstop action, November 7th, okay. 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right, so what are so so what that means is uh, Extra Life is a, a charity event where we're going to stream for 24 straight hours, which you'd think would be easy for us. Yeah. But that's three games it, of TI. <laughs> right. Sure, sure, sure. But we don't want to, no. but we are going to do it. Yeah. But we don't want to. Um, <laughs> let's let's get the schedule. Here's all the things that you're going to be able to see. We're going to be 24 hours. And when is it? It's on it's November 7th, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. 24 hour extra live live stream. Say it's against these journals. <laughs> okay we're raising uh, money so, for the arkansas children's hospital so you should actually oh, show up one. and donate money and that would be great it's a good thing that's us it it it, it goes to the arkansas children's uh that's good <laughs> not directly to them to their hospital yeah. um it is a hospital for children not you know it's not like baby doctors walking around <laughs> although that would be good <laughs> You can cut that. If you want. I will not. Tell me the schedule, Hunter. What's going on at 11 a.m. Central Standard right, Time, so, November 7th? So on November 7th, 24-hour uh, extra life live stream. Live stream. Uh, at 11 a.m., we're doing uh, Reverse Franken, which was the, uh, the the poll said that that's what we were going to do. And if you don't know what Reverse Franken is, it's a type of Twilight Imperium drafting method where you... Um, where you build these like kind of Frankenstein factions out of like the pieces of all the factions. It's yeah. wild. If you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. I, that's about as good as I'm going to And, and well, in it. reverse is specifically you're making it for somebody else. So in, in normal Franken, you make these ridiculously overpowered factions. Right. In Broken reverse Franken, you make the opposite. You try to make a faction that won't even function. You try to make a faction right. that can't actually play the board game. Are we going to... Oh, okay. So th this is a little relevant. Are we going to allow someone to end up with my toe? Oh, yeah, which definitely okay i want to so here, whoever gets mitosis will lose here's, though. yeah and here's the thing about this game is okay so we have a block of it for like eight hours right because it could go forever or it could be done in two hours i have no idea yeah <laughs> this there's no yeah. telling what happens with with this weird reverse franken i don't think anybody's ever done it before maybe maybe right. like one game of reverse franken i'm not sure right and and i think in between you know like if if we have extra time like we're probably going to stick to this schedule but if there's extra time we might just do whatever like you, you're gonna yeah. have to check like i want to stick to these start times but that's about all Follow i guarantee us on you twitter and keep up with us on twitter during that day because we will post yeah. as we're moving on to new stuff and like estimates of future schedules also i didn't say this like this is a weird intro we're doing we're about to get to a fireside chat with root and tg welch yeah um, but we're yeah. just gonna do some rundowny bits we're, we're just letting you know what's going on this week it's a big week so we got lots lots to talk about so hunter what yeah. is after our reverse franken game so <laughs> we've allotted a lot of time for this game uh at 8 p.m <laughs> we're gonna do a live uh podcast a live episode of the show we did not get to do one at gen con this year so we decided we might as well yeah. do one now as a live stream what that means is that technically You'll be able to just say stuff yeah. at us, In and Twitch. we will respond. Right. Um, but 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 the tech the episode the point of the episode will be um, it'll be our Galactic Council episode for for this month, um, which is the farewell to the TI four base game so it'll be very nostalgic yeah it'll be a perfect um, opportunity for people to get in on Twitch chat because we'll throw totally. out our stuff, but then we'll get to hear from other people say what they're gonna miss, you know, from base game or what Ooh, they're yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. miss from base, you know, what they're excited to see go away or whatever. Ooh, I'm gonna get some questions together for yeah. us to answer and also the the community. Yeah, that'll be really fun. Um, and then uh, so we've got about two hours for that, and then at 11 p.m. we're gonna do uh some, which is way a way late start, but yeah. I guess we have to do this for 24 hours, so whatever. We're gonna start playing IRL games, um, like Root. We'll probably play other stuff too. Uh, we got a while to do that. Yeah. Um, and then at at one a.m., uh, me and Matt, <laughs> me and Matt worst, have the worst. This is idea. so weird. <laughs> so so at one a.m. Uh, this is a horrible idea. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. we're going to break something. We're going to try to build our PCs at one a.m. when we're sleepy and yeah. Groggy. So we so we both have new our brand new PCs. <laughs> right. So we have new parts for for PCs that we've been meaning to build. No new video cards. I'll tell yeah. you that much. We got kind of, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the new video cards, but haven't been able to get a hold of one. 
Um, so we're going to build our PCs at one. I don't know how that's going to go. We're probably going to be pretty weird at that point. And then after that, um, we technically have to keep streaming until 11 a.m., and we don't know what happens after that. So we're, we've just kind of left that in the nether realm. And if you check out and see that, who knows what I, I we'll be doing. I think it would we'll be, be nice doing to finally have like an EU accessible uh, TI game, you know. So so when, when you Brits are waking up, maybe we can get in an early morning game of TI with you. But I you know, here's I'm what I don't like about that, that, though. Yeah. I don't like the idea of, you know, it's like one thing if I have to get up really early and i don't know I'm, I'm not in my right mind but then i'm playing with like the good yin brotherhood these are like people that i play with yeah. all the time right if i'm playing with a bunch of especially people across the pond i want to be you know fit Ready you know fight. i don't want to yeah exactly because <laughs> otherwise they're just gonna they're gonna go to all their brit friends or all their euro friends and be like those space cats peace turtles guys they suck they're like not good at the game which they you know they they're say right that. you see you all say that <laughs> come on all you European people that listen to the show, you kind of hate us. I okay? almost got king made out of the fourteen point tournament because that's true. <laughs> just we're kidding. just kidding. I we love we love you. We love yeah, you. Yeah. Come hey, on. I want to also you. do some rundown stuff. I want to thank our weird bears: Farganess, T.G. Welch, Brian, Botbot, Callow, and Billy, and Squeamish Emu, and all of our space kitties. Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphonia, Requiem, Arways, Gaskio, Absol, Toria, Ready Action, Vision as Brave Sir Robin, Uncle Batty, and Frank G. Thank you, all of you. Yeah. Um, few updates. Um, I have the Space Kitty pin in my hand. Uh, you may have seen I posted it on Discord. I forgot if I mentioned it last week, so I'm just saying it for sure. Um, I have all of them. So they will be, they will definitely get to all the Space Kitties and Weird Bears uh, before Christmas. Uh, my goal is to actually kind of have them get to you around Christmas time. Um, now we just got to get the the Weird Bears. We have to get their uh, jerseys together, which is still in the pipeline. And I think we will mm -hmm. get it done on time, um, which I'm excited about. Uh, for the YouTube this week, there's going to be an Arborette game. It's not said without any confidence. <laughs> with no confidence, it's like, dude, like, man, you all we... should strap in for the Arboric guide later this week. Uh, it, it will be out like Thursday or Friday, but we haven't recorded it yet, uh, and it's because neither of us want to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and also we tried to record energy. it, and we just kind of started fighting. And I think it was something. <laughs> it was sort of like we just started fighting because it was like weird we're both in a desperate like position of yeah. like you know it's like the okay. game has been out think about how long the game has been out mm -hmm. it's been out a long time we've had it a long time and and this show you know the thing to say if you want to make fun of us or dunk on us like we're these stupid weirdos in this industry and all we do is play this one board game now too you know we've kind of, we've grown a little yeah but we play this one board game and there's only 17 factions in it i've had two years i play this game at least once a week three years if not for three years three years is that right that's right three years yep. so three years and i can't tell you how to play one of the factions <laughs> like that's pathetic i am a failure i am like a huge failure so why don't you rate us five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and you can find all our information on our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, etc. on our website, SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com. Hey, guess what? You're here for one other reason, and that's because you want to have the Hakan, the Emirates of Hakan's commander spoiled for you, don't you? Don't you, you lucky so-and-so? That's what you want. That's what you like. Well, yeah, here's... That's what you're here for. Gila the Silvertongue. G-I-L-A. Gila? 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 Like a, like a Gila monster or, or a Gila monster? I'll is say that this right? much: the picture of this commander is the is the Hakan from the box. This is this is the Hakan. oh, so the box Hakan. This is this guy. He's the Kanaran ambassador. You unlock him by having ten trade goods. Here's some flavor text. Easy. Elder Kanage. I have heard the ex Charles' work to restore Archon Tau has run short of resources. Perhaps the Emirates may be of some assistance. You should really let me do I the flavor text next time, you know, <laughs> with this bad boy. <laughs> with this bad boy. Here's what Gila the Silvertongue does. When you cast votes, you may spend any number of trade goods. Cast two additional votes for each trade good spent. 
So they get to kind of do bribery whenever they kind of do bribery, like, a du- like, like an it. extra, like a very good bribery, a better, a good bribery. double yeah, bribery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is fine, and I don't think Hakan needed something. Their hero so ridiculous uh, that I don't think they needed like a super super powerful commander. Also worth noting because this is the commander, you can give this power out to somebody else with your alliance promissory note. So if you can get you know some good voting power going along with someone, Dude, you you could. I do am quite really. A bit. I just want to say just generally kind of afraid of how much Hakan is going to lengthen the game. Oh, yeah. I can't wait in POK because it's clear. Clearly the whole goal with them was to just make it like I just Dane was just like, I want them to be able to trade everything. Like eventually <laughs> it's going to be like they can trade their faction their sheet points. to somebody Here, I'm else. I'm going to give like, you yeah. my victory points. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'll just, it's just going to go that deep yeah here's my my command counters you can have here's the little box i keep all my faction <laughs> tokens in you can trade that here's my dog <laughs> here's, just take my dog and give me a right point. Um, have my dog and let me win this game of ti so i have to turn take it over. my dog take her i have to turn it over to alec now um i guess i i want to say fair warning about this interview with alec and tg welch why well the only warning it's not really a warning but i they weren't they were intoxicated during this interview on a substance that in some states in the united states is legal and in some states it is not it gets mentioned uh at the towards the end and I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just want to be upfront about that with people, so people aren't like weird about it later or whatever. So it's a, this is a nice, chill, fun conversation between Alex. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's chill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. Yeah. You know what and, I mean. And and just and just so you guys know, just so you guys know, we would never ever ingest this particular thing that they have ingested yeah, on our control. show. Yeah, it's not our style. Okay, so if any cops are listening, <laughs> absolutely not, bro. Welcome to Space Cats Peace Turtles Fireside Chats. Myself and a guest from the SCPT community will discuss Twilight Imperium, board gaming, and strategy. Grab your favorite drink in a Snuggie and settle in. I'm your host, Alec Keeler. Let's get started. Alright, so joining Fireside Chats today is my good pal, Tyler, known as TG Welch on the Discord channels. Uh, Tyler, introduce yourself a little bit. Hey, how's it going, Alec? Root. Um, I am Tyler, TG Welch. I think most of you know me. Probably uh, a bit of a distant relative these days, thanks to quarantine. But um, yeah, I think that in the community, most of you know me by now. If not, I'm probably the guy that's just played the most games and also has the worst win-to-loss ratio. <laughs> How Do you remember um, like your first game on TTS? first game on tts was yeah. like september of 2018 yeah mm-hmm. do you remember any like details about it who you played with or uh um, what you played or anything i think my very first game actually was with patience he was the only person i remembered um that makes sense and it was like a three-player game i didn't even get into a six-player to start off my first i was just Back then, all I was used to was playing like four-person games because that was our little home group. Yeah, but yeah, I never had an IRL six-player, and I didn't even know that that's what I was looking for. I just wanted more games, <laughs> so I jumped into like a, a three or four-player. I remember Patience was in there, and then I can't remember who it was, but I almost want to say it because only Mantis would think of these types of things. But this particular player like gave me advice that taught me like that you could force an attack into someone's region and then also trickery you know play like a skilled retreat into an empty home system and i had never heard of that and he taught whoever that player was i want to say it was nate (laughs) because he thinks that way but anyway yeah i i remember that time period that was when patience was trying to set like world records for numbers of games played in a day and he would just not stop playing I think I quickly tried to catch on to that, whether or not I knew there was a competition, because I did too. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a race between Patience and Seven. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we, you and I, are going to talk about kind of one big topic today, as opposed to the 
you know, few topics I often go through with people. We're going to talk about in uh, a little while here the the art of the backstab, the lies, the betrayal, the intrigue that uh, is a pretty key part of games like Twilight Imperium. Definitely, yeah, I'm excited. I have uh, not heard too too much about this, and um, it's definitely something that's been popping up. I'd say more recently because I've been dipping into other games too outside of TI, like Diplomacy, sure. getting into Dune. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. excited. This will be a good topic. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I think we're gonna have some some fun discussions on that. But first, I have a slew of questions for you, Tyler, to sure. uh, kind of introduce your your board gaming experience to the listeners if they don't already know you from playing with you on TTS. Uh, but my first question is, what is your favorite board game that isn't Twilight Imperium, and why? That's actually a newfound glory response for me. It's Dune, and that was as of like two or three weeks ago. I had my very first game where it was a you know teaching game, um, and it was a four-player. But um, little kudos out to my Nova Scotia peeps, uh, Kate and her husband. Like I am Katie, if anybody knows that alias. But um, they taught me, and uh, one other player in our group who was Mantis, and we had a blast, man. I really enjoyed the game, and I've been really getting hyped over the uh, the trailer, so I think that that's the why in response is that there's a lot of craze going on with it. Yeah, yeah, the trailer looks very cool. I never read the book. I never watched the old movie. I've played the board game like one time, and that, uh, that trailer is pretty pretty hype i'm excited yeah i loved that trailer for many reasons one i'm getting into the book now because i've seen the the original movie i got about five hours left to go so i'm already into the lore which you learn a lot more in a book as anybody would know and then two like the trailer had one of the most killer songs in it and it was uh, a rendition of a pink floyd cover for the right. song eclipse and it was just so cool by hans zimmer so if anything's got hans zimmer in a sci-fi i'm in <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he can't really do wrong. Um, so what what about it? What about Dune in particular? Like, just really pulled you in. You know what I like about Dune, and maybe it's a good kind of segue at at some point to what we're going to be talking about is that Dune is very much like a deal is a deal, and I really like that aspect. That if it's communicated and both parties agree, it happens, and it's a binding transaction. Whereas mm-hmm. it also provides the opportunity through the nexus if anybody knows the game out there there's a when the worm pops up there's an option for the entire table to renegotiate so you can break alliances that quickly and the moment you stick it it happens i like that cool awesome uh what attracts you the most to the board gaming hobby tyler oh my favorite part of the board gaming hobby is the social aspect and i bet anybody that's played ti with me knows my favorite faction is a con obviously the trade people and what do i do for a living i'm a sales guy so relationships are a big part of that and it's a big part of my meta and i think that's my favorite part about a board game is that it's comparable to a in an aspect of what i do uh kind of putting a strategy in place and then second is just really seeing through social interactions what sort of emotional impacts you can make through people or learn what they're all about based on their play style. Yeah, I I feel like whenever I play a game with you, it feels like the sort of game that I'm that I would play in real life with with real friends. Like it's it, your games are always the sort of like just, you know, sit back and drink a beer and I guess take a turn in TI every now and then. <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm way more a casual player. That's probably how I get to the frequency or the numbers that I've got, because I don't try to play to win every game. Like when those opportunities arise, definitely do. And when I'm feeling that need to compete today, I'll, I'll give it my all. But 99% of the time I'm there to just chit chat. And, you know, we've got our familiar crews that we've all played with you and I, obviously, but I, I like the social aspect more than anything. Yeah, for sure. And Man, I cannot wait until quarantine's over and we can have in-person games again. Oh yeah, you and me both, buddy. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna be the the snow's gonna be falling if it hasn't already up in Canada. I might need to make another trip up there to see some of the boys in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, I remember the when you, spades of the world. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you went up there. Was it last winter? It's actually last November. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's where I got... I was very, I, I was very jealous. They declared me the honorary... Con- like, my, my play style is friendly because I would say that that's just a natural mm-hmm. side of me. I'm, I would say I'm naturally an, uh, the friendly person. So I hope that's seen through even a virtual gameplay, and I'm sure it is when I you know play factions that are very meta-trade-heavy like Hakan. But um, I enjoy that the most, but then I, I definitely have that backstabby side to me that's a lot of fun, and when the opportunity presents itself... I want to do it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like people are gonna like start listening to this episode and hear us be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about betrayal and lying," and it's it's cool. And then they're gonna be like, "Or you're gonna be like, yeah, but I'm a nice, friendly player, and I'll sit and have a fun chat with you. But I'm going to betray you. But I'm a friend. I'm friendly." Well, that's the beauty of it, man. <laughs> I, I grew up playing poker my whole life before I even learned about board games. Obviously, TI is within the last few years, so it's very poker-esque to me because it's, you know, you're you're just trying to keep your cards to your chest and at what point do you give tells? And yeah. you could I could say everything about who I am as a player out loud to anybody right now, and that's the beauty of the game that we're in, is that that all changes, and I control that. <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you typically face in a game of TI? Biggest challenge in TI. Um, hmm. I find maybe it's more recently, but I've become more of a. I, be, I give up too much without actually kind of fighting it, and let's like maybe negotiate more. And that might be an aspect of the game. Like I typically, I like to present trades and and ways that are you know you could just do it over the table. The real deep, long, hard thought out things, and this is maybe something I'm seeing in diplomacy, is that we, you get a day to work, work your meta and your plans out. And TI, I hate to be the guy holding up the table. So I feel like I, I can easily become the giver just because, for argument's sake, I want to keep the game moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally feel that. Like, out of an, almost a sense of trying to be polite, you just like lowball yourself on an, on an offer. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, and that's kind of what negotiating is. If you start to feel too much pushback, then we're not talking about the right thing. So it, it should be more natural anyway to have a relationship with somebody. So the moment I start feeling that hesitation, I become the giver. <laughs> and it's like, all right, probably doesn't benefit me the best over time. And I, I could definitely work on that. Awesome. I feel like we're giving away some secrets that people are going to use against you in future games. <laughs> Invite me to a game. We'll see if it's predictable. <laughs> um, and my last question for now uh, is how do you approach planning out a round of TI? Um, I think the one thing you kind of naturally glean towards, or I did anyway, was uh, becoming the money manager. I was like, I have to be a CFO in a way. That's obviously like all I talk to is in my job as CFO, but doing B2B. So like I think account management always. And I already preset my builds. I think about the tech spend, the tokens, all that, like at the status phase when you're when you're dropping your tokens down on the sheet. But like I start thinking ahead like that. Sure. So you're, you you want to like have, you want to already know everything you're going to buy and everything you're going to spend when you start. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, for me, it starts at the token uh, allocation phase, right? Like, if I'm going tactic or strat, I got to figure out what kind of round it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you uh, if you put one too few tokens in your tactics area and you don't have you know a token left to build on the next round, you're going to be pretty sad. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty sad. I'm also a round planner that likes to emphasize strategy. So there's another tell community, but like I like to follow secondaries. Um, that generally is my play, and that probably coincides with my play style, which is more the friendly sit back guy. If you're a strategy player and you're less tactic token oriented, you're kind of already telling the table that you're less fearful. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually kind of an interesting point is like, you can kind of choose to accomplish things either with your tactics tokens or your strategy tokens or, you know, of course, a mix thereof. And if you are making the active choice to take fewer tactical actions, that can actually make you look like a much friendlier and more approachable neighbor for trades. 
Right. Actually, I heard that, believe it or not. That's a reference I gleaned out of uh, Seven. He commentated, I think it was a Frankendraft game that we did with uh, with Matt and Hunters, uh, gosh, months ago, maybe even a year ago at this point. But he was commentating, um, and he had got to my play style and what I was doing, and I was in my typical position. By being a nice, friendly guy, I sit back and camp and just try to keep meta heavy on both sides of my fence. And he was like, yeah, Tyler always puts his strategy tokens down as opposed to tactic. And he said he's a strategy player. He called that out on me, and I was like, all right. And there's something to that. And I started to look at the other sheets, and I've never paid attention to the patterns. But Necro gets tokens like crazy for a reason, right? We're scared of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like That's part of the image of the scary uh, Necro player is all those heaped-up tactics tokens. And what are they going to do with those? Right. Um, all right, Tyler, let's uh, start dipping our toes into our primary topic of the day, that being the art of the betrayal, the art of how to tell a lie, maybe how to determine if you're being lied to. Sounds good. That's what we showed up for. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first little like subtopic that I wanted to just briefly talk about, in case anyone out there wonders about this is the question when is it appropriate to lie in a board game if anyone in particular is curious to know the answer to that i'm just going to go ahead and pay my respects out loud perfect question by the way i wonder if that was by design alec hmm. but <laughs> um a man named billy if anybody knows billy yeah, everybody knows billy i apologize out loud because today i lied to him he woke up to some very um two-faced decisions that I had to make <laughs> in our uh, <laughs> online async game of diplomacy. So when is it appropriate to lie? That's a very hard <laughs> question to define in a game, truthfully, because in my head, I, I hate lying. Like that in a, sure. As a person, not my favorite quality, right? And I would yeah, assume most people don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, like in, in almost any context, it's kind of looked at as a negative quality to be good at this. Well, absolutely, right? Like, no relationship lasts with lying. <laughs> so, right. it, for board game purposes, I guess, like, my justification is more in sync with um, at what point do I really choose to assume the role that I want to be for this game now, or at least even for the temporary purposes? Because a game even like Diplo, I know you've played it, mm -hmm. like, it that can change season to season. Your lying yeah. can change season to season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there are definitely some nuances to to when lying is appropriate, but just to take a, a little quick step back, basically you can lie in a game if the game tells you that you can. Uh, there are not a whole lot of games where lying is actually acceptable, uh, but some of those games are like Twilight Imperium, Diplomacy, Dune, social deduction Ab games. Absolutely, like and I think as a player personally, like that's the part I struggle with is that it's allowed. At what point do I actually activate it, or do I want to this game at all? What kind of game am I looking to play? So all these questions as the player go into that, and then yeah. you know where strategically at the time or the window or whatever in the game does it oper does it present itself, or have I premeditated to become that absolute liar? <laughs> right, and then there's beyond even just a strategic or tactical consideration there's also the social aspect that has to be considered like sometimes you're going to be playing with a friend who uh maybe just like really doesn't like being lied to but they agreed to play this game with you because i don't know maybe it's ti right and lying and betrayal isn't really something people have to do um so maybe with that player you know like this is someone i'm going to play above the board with because that's going to allow them to have the best possible like experience with this game as opposed to the player on my other side maybe who's like totally fine with handling uh you know a lie or a backstab to further the uh, the former part of your comment there like i would say that especially for me like playing a game like ti for example obviously i've played i think i'm well over 500 games by now easy like i don't even keep track anymore <laughs> but like in that volume of games, I have become a predictable meta player. That's why it doesn't shame me to say this out loud. Like anyone that's played TI with me knows my style and shows up to the game thinking, yeah, it's it's going to be, if that's my neighbor, we're probably going to have a good time. Because sure. 
frequency in games, I'm usually that person. But when you pull that maneuver, I've also seen that frequency and even my virtual relationships on this server like can kind of create situations for the game that definitely cause problems. But like the next game, even did we we didn't really plan it like we usually would, you know, and that's because it's an element of the game and it's like when do i time it and then is it worth it because how does this impact the other player that's the part that i've never really been able to understand and determine whether or not it's even a useful thing for a game sure yeah it can be it can be really really tough to to know how well someone's going to handle being lied to even if it's kind of an accepted part of the game it can still feel really bad to like put your trust yeah. in someone and have that trust broken I feel it may, maybe there's two types of groups out there. If you were to generalize it, maybe black and white, but like when we play online in TTS, like the, typically that's like a pickup game, right? So to speak. So mm -hmm. you're likely to play with strangers if you're just hunting for the game. I think it's more appropriate in those settings because clearly we don't know each other, that lack of meta understanding in players um, or even getting so many games in and understanding their meta, you can start to glean what kind of a person they are. Whereas if you were to flip the coin and go into the more frequent gamers that play, even in a virtual setting that have never met in person, you start to feel a connection to somebody. So do you want to be known as that person? And I feel that you almost in that latter example, you need to like preface and have an agreement amongst the table to be like, if, is this going to be a lying, treacherous game, or are we going to play the way that we're maybe perhaps used to? Like, maybe develop a meta code prior to playing it. Interesting. Just uh, to avoid, you know, you know, the last thing I want to see, and I've had it happen, shoot, even in my own love life, <laughs> in early TI days, like, you, you do the backstabbery, and you never know how it's going to land. So you, you want to make sure that I value how that was received way more than I do just the purpose of why I did it in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree entirely. I've talked several times, I think, um, on the Discord channels and during this these chats, that like the the social aspect of the game and whether or not your fellow players are having a good time is kind of the primary concern. I think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And you, you mentioned this. Sorry, you, you mentioned this kind of briefly. Touched on this, but there's also the consideration that we haven't. Uh, talk too much about but that uh, if you lie during a game if you backstab someone that that follows you to the next game if, if you're you know within the same community if i call that repeatedly me the meta carryover <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like it, you can definitely start to develop that reputation and i say that as someone who had that reputation during uh, high school and a little afterwards i played that, that was kind of when I played a lot of Diplomacy. And I, at the time, was the type of player who would just lie my face off all the time. I was always trying to manipulate like the entire table at that game. Like That's, that's what was fun for me. Um, but it very quickly became kind of tiresome for my friends. And like people would stop negotiating with me and working with me. And like there are <laughs> obvious reasons why. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh, this is so frustrating. Yeah. That's too funny. And that's what I apologize. I interrupted you earlier, but I was going to ask you, like, what, what's your theory on that, too? Because I, I definitely don't want my fireside, this thing to be a, a Tyler only thing. Like, I'm very interested because it's it's something I've never really gotten to openly discuss out loud. So it's like you experienced it already. You tried that gear out. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it didn't lead to the most fruitful outcome for future gaming purposes. And you like to play the game, right? Yeah, like exactly. Like, you know, I, I started to realize that, yeah, maybe I was winning some of these games and like pulling off cool lies and backstabs. And, and I felt, you know, like a, an edgy high school wannabe Machiavelli or something. Uh, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, people stopped wanting to play this game with me. And I was like, oh, that, that sucks because I just I just want to play the game. And then I was like, oh, I just want to play the game. I should just right. chill and just play the freaking game. If you cry wolf too many times, you're <laughs> never going to be respected again, man. Like that's the thing. That's the whole story that you heard as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, by the time I kind of got into the, the TI community, that that phase of my life was long gone and I've turned to, I, I think the light side of just trying to have a good time. Yeah. You know, I, I think it just clicked with me too. If you were to take it back to TI, like when does it make the most sense for me? Mm -hmm. 
it makes the most sense because you can't perpetually lie in TI. Once you show that face, <laughs> you're instantly going to be questioned forever. And yeah. usually that leads into like, no, we're agreeing to disagree. We're fighting. So, and that's usually how it goes. Like I've had those blow up moments where it's like, no, nah, okay, that lie. Yep. I got bit for it, but now I'm just going to commit to it and maybe throw my game. But my definition of lie time strategic for win purposes is in that one little window. And those are the hardest parts that I think make or break the difference in the win outcomes versus my losses is simply sure. knowing when to time that perfect backstab. Yeah. I, I do feel like a lot of the TI community is like, oh yeah, we don't really like it when people lie or backstab, but if it's for the win, then it's cool. So if it's like this last, you know, maneuver to pull off your 10th point and people are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's acceptable. Yeah, it's commendable. It's um, uh, like the unwritten law, and yeah. and at least in our virtual world, it seems because I've never been mad at someone. That's more of like a touche, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but you know, if you're trying to, if you do something like that for your third or fourth or fifth point, people are like, why? And, right. And, and I think that there's actually a a pretty good reason for that in in Twilight Imperium as opposed to something like diplomacy, where you can you know lie on turn one and still be perfectly fine in the meta of that game um and that is that in in diplomacy or not in, Dipl in twilight imperium you have a lot more tools to like punish that kind of behavior very quickly very true very true yeah and another thing to that too like why lie in round two three four for point two three four five whatever it might be like I used to like just playing that way when I first started this game. I loved Risk as a kid. Like that to me wasn't a board game. That was not like these board games when I figured out what TI was. So <laughs> um, like that element of space risk is why I enjoyed the game to start. Like I wanted Sardak purposely all the time just so I could get exos and hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah those those poor players in your early games yeah poor you playing sardak all the time Ugh. <laughs> yeah well i just saw plus one to roll and i was like oh that's cool like i get an advantage in fighting people so that must be great for this game <laughs> yeah. i remember um finally convincing a friend of mine to play ti with a group of, of friends who'd played the game a few times and i hadn't played very much like i don't i don't think i was no, I think I, I think I was just new to the Discord channel, so I was like kind of just starting to really get into it. But for some yep. reason, I recommended that my friend play the Sardak Nor, and I think I I recommended it because I thought that he would do better with a faction that just was kind of a blank slate, and he could just focus on learning the game. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it one of the core and, sixes that they recommend for beginners? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But, it's probably uh, why I took it too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he just had like a terrible time. He did not enjoy playing that faction at all. Um, because like he ran into this thing that a lot of us learn over the course of a few games that fighting just isn't that important in TI. Exactly. Yeah, that wears off. If you're into it for the game and the win and you sustain as many games as I've played, then that becomes a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've gotten a little off track. Uh, That's okay. Can't imagine how that happened. Whew. I've heard digressions on this podcast before, <laughs> a time or two. <laughs> one, or, one or two tangents, yeah. Um, and I love it. So the, the art of betrayal. We've kind of talked about how... There's there's kind of that one acceptable moment in, in a game of TI where people are okay with lying. Tell me tell me about the most recent memorable grand backstab you pulled off for a win. Most memorable backstab I ever pulled off for a win was in a game where I was Hakan, of course. And um, I was sitting in between Magi and Spades, Nine of Spades. And it was one of those final rounders, and I had intentionally, you know, trailed. Like, I, I think it was dead last. If I wasn't, I was tied. So it was like a five-point position going into final round um, that nobody had seen my win path for. But it had taken, like, an entire game's worth of meta to get 
everybody else to just work for me. And that's how I love to play Hakan anyway, is to just be trade guy that fuels the other armies that fight each other. And that's essentially what happened. And I appear this meek player and I got Imperial that last round and did all the meta like preparation leading up to this final round. And it's been quite some time, probably over a year now since that game happened or somewhere in there. But exact details are a little bit uh, distorted, but I can tell you that effectively I convinced um, Nine of Spades to help me in taking out who was going to be our winner. Um, and then prior to preparing for that as well, I had banked one, the one and only sabotage going into that, uh, that last agenda phase before we got to pick strategy cards. And I knew Magi had allowed me to have the speaker token because he had taken politics the round prior to sell it to me. Mm-hmm. He only sold it to me knowing that he was going to public disgrace me because he needed the eight to win. He was Sardak to my left and it was definitely a swing round for him too. And I banked the last one and selfishly hold on to the sabotage in an agenda phase that gave the leader the then current point to win the game. Um, it, I'm struggling to remember who that player was, but it was Nalu. And Spades did all the work, took him out, and I had not used the one and only remaining Sabo to, um, it was like Seed of an Empire or something like that, to where it was like a locked point for a guaranteed win and status phase for Nalu. Uh-huh. And I didn't use it so I could win in the action phase the next round. And that's oh how it was. <laughs> and the whole table hated me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but they all kind of like, yeah, well, you won. So it makes sense. You hold on to the Savo that we called you out for, you dirty liar. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I want to, I don't know. I, I don't know how well we're going to be able to do this, but I kind of want to talk about maybe. Uh, how to lie, not just the when to lie, but uh, the how of it. I don't know if we're even capable of getting into the nuts and bolts of how to lie in our current state, but uh, we're going to try. Yeah, let's try just through example. and It'll go to diplomacy because that's very current. Um, But like the how I've lied in this game resulted in that very first question that we segued to. Mm-hmm. was um <laughs> sorry again billy but ultimately like the lie was based on me telling every single person in a game like that you're trying to figure out who's your friend so you can figure out how to synchronize moves to make this thing work because it's all about helping support and chip your way through a continent that's really hard to navigate because there's so many guesses and i basically made it clear to everybody and i'm england and I've got France, I've got Germany, and I've got Russia. And my timing and what I said to every single one of them was very consistent. And that was that I'm not ready to forge an alliance with anybody. Help me understand why your proposition's better. That's kind of what I did, not verbatim, but I wanted to just feed, uh, feed information. And based on who said what the most, that's where I started to develop my trust factor. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start gleaning this way. And then if we start to see more reciprocation, that's when I've made my my forged alliance. And the one that's the quietest to me, and Billy, you were, I apologize, but that's when I decided to lie because it, it was v- brevity in terms of detail. And that's a game that I need detail in, especially diplomacy. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I justified my lie. I was like, okay, you're giving me the least information and I've got three potential threat directions. I'm going to go into the one that makes me feel the most comfortable. Sure. And uh, I don't, I don't know that many people listening to this will know a whole lot about diplomacy. But I'm looking at the map of your game right now, and uh, yeah, poor Billy as Germany looks like he is in dire straits, uh, and it looks like a pretty interesting game actually. Uh, Russia and Austria seem to be working together against Turkey and Italy, uh, which is kind of kind of fun, but. I feel like often doomed to breaking down uh, and you and you and France have, have joined forces. I do wonder about Russia's movement into Norway. Was that uh, so, been backstabbed or is this part of your plan? I had not seen this update. So this is real time listeners. Like this is beautiful. So I can confirm your suspicion and concern with that that was all (laughs) pre-negotiated and i hope this comes out when this game is over uh because (laughs) nobody needs to hear any more about that (laughs) 
uh yeah russia's russia's looking pretty good but any anyhow yeah basically I, no one's been lying to me in france and uh, russia i can tell you that all right all right <laughs> <laughs> um when i when i was learning diplomacy i quickly realized one of one of the key things about playing that game in my mind and about playing strategy games in general is that the only thing that you should trust from other people is that they will act in their own self-interest at all times so kind of my approach to trying to tell whether or not someone was lying to me was always to put myself in their position and try to figure out what their best tactic and strategy and negotiation should be and if what they were saying to me didn't line up with what i thought their best strategy should be especially in a game like diplomacy where you basically have perfect information about positions and stuff um then then i would be very suspicious because i'm like this this plan doesn't really benefit you so when i tried when i lied to people when i tried to manipulate the other players or put myself in position to like stab them in the back i always tried to assumed the same thing that they were going to look at my position and try to tell if if I was, you know, acting in myself in my in my best self-interest by allying with them. So I always tried to keep myself in like this position and like talk to the player in a way that made it seem like I was convinced that this course of action was my best play even if maybe it seemed like it might not be if I could convince them that it was then they might believe me and trust that I was telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say another piece to that too is that I think you said it kind of like you you were funneling information with the assumpted perspective of who you're asking information of to always be self-fulfilling. Like it's, I mean, that's gaming in general. Mm-hmm. And I was going to flip that because I will play a lot of games, especially TI, where I don't always play to win. And I think I mentioned that earlier, but so I don't assume that in my negotiations always of the player too. Maybe I do in the deals and that's how I kind of create what I'm trying to propose um, to benefit their yes, because I know it helps them win where it might be one of those that doesn't help you win things. Mm-hmm. And I'll do that as a tactic just to make people be like, what? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and I don't want to gain an advantage here when I do this. I want you to gain the advantage so that it looks like I'm no one to worry about, and then I can try to pull it off later when you're not looking at me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think that like as I've gotten older and and moved on from diplomacy, one of the things that I realized about that that thought about like how to lie and how to tell if someone's lying is that. It, that's it's not actually true that people are always going to act in their self-interest there are times when people are just looking to have fun and that doesn't always mean that they're going to optimize everything that they do so you kind of have to adjust how you look at things as you get to know the player and how they're playing right exactly and for me it's that decision is it going to be a just play for fun game or use that information where it appears like i'm crazy for allowing that to happen against them later <laughs> yeah and uh, there's kind of a, a similar thing in, in poker as well that I found when I, when I played poker, and I'm sure you probably experienced this as well, that the more, a big part of the game is trying to like know how other people are going to behave with certain hands, right? And right. It, there's this funny thing where you can almost more easily predict how a player is going to play a hand if they're super experienced and have played a lot of hands of poker. Right, that they're like somehow easier to predict because there's this sort of grand meta around poker about how and like it does evolve like any game meta does, but like at any given time you can know oh this is how Ace King is supposed to be played, so he's probably got Ace King. Right, but then like exactly. you play, you sit down at a table with you know a bunch of people who are on vacation on a cruise ship and playing poker for the third time ever. And they're just doing wild nonsense that doesn't make any sense and like beating the crap out of you and taking all of your money. Yeah, and that's the difference between high stakes and for fun games. <laughs> yeah, like they're playing an ace king the way they did because in that button position that they had that ace king pre flop on, like they're gonna do that based on calculated outcome. Yeah, yeah. Just a just a funny thing that I've always mused about with poker that 
it's it's almost harder to play against players who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, for me, that game involves a lot more math. Uh, you can be very meta heavy, but the, some of the best players won't give into it in poker. And when you're playing high stakes, why would they? If that's what works, so you could instantly be shut down as a trade heavy kind of guy. You know, a, a Hakan player, so to speak, in poker based on the type of poker game you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I don't know that this really applies so much to online play, but maybe we can talk a little bit about how to tell if a player is lying to you about something that they're doing in the game. Mm. You know, calling bluffs, seeing, uh, seeing if you can find tells, all that good juicy stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you can ever truly tell. I, I sometimes you can. Yeah, you definitely can, and it depends on you know the interaction itself. But generally, most people are going to play if they're going to play a game with the idea of keeping cards close to the chest. Then it's going to be give very little information, you know, and you ultimately have to form a decision with a bit of faith into it or just hope, <laughs> you know. So it's. It, that, that point comes in the game, I would say, too. But if it seems like we're both agreeing, for me, I'm like, yeah, we're, 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 I'm going to go for it. Sure. Um, but then you talk about that meta carryover for a player like me that's played so many times with so many different people. Like I start to remember the times that that happened before. And I'm like, ah, is this the time that I got to flip it on them now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how much do you care about knowing about a player's like meta history when you go into the game to them with them does it like do you want to know no okay yeah i prefer total strangers because that's i guess you could say maybe part of the stemming interest in board gaming is that that's what i do i meet strangers every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh kind of just through the creation of a relationship from scratch like that's what i love about the board game is that the, the less i know actually it's probably a better game that's so funny to hear you say that because I think like all of the board games you've played for the last six months have been with people you've already played a bunch with. <laughs> and that's not to say I don't enjoy it because I do. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a casual player, but like if I'm going to go into a game and play, maybe if you were to ask the question, is this a competitive game? I'd prefer to know no one. And likewise for them, for the rest of the table. Interesting. So you would yeah. prefer like in a, in a super competitive setting, you would prefer just 100% blank slates. Absolutely. Like I loved my matchup, my prelim tourney game this year for uh, the TTS SCPT deal was awesome. Like I knew, I think maybe one person, but barely. And it was like virtually just a, uh, a virtual stranger game. And I loved that. It was really cool to figure out people's meta, yeah, I especially can see online. Yeah, I, I, it totally makes sense that that is your preferred competitive state. I definitely buy that a lot. Yeah. Um. I feel like for me, it's probably the opposite. I would, I would like to know. I would prefer to know if I could people's like, like wh- whether or not they're a lying player or an honorable player or a fun player or a serious player. Just because right. like, the more I know, the easier I can try to tailor the table to be a more pleasant experience for everyone. Because it's it's hard to do that when you're strangers. Um, for me anyway that makes sense yeah i could see that that's maybe that's something for me naturally just player wise or as a person it's i I try to find something that i can gel with with uh anybody yeah and have you know something to kind of get along with and maybe even it's a cackle or a laugh at a game but like that's what i look for a bond in some way shape or form yeah and then that's how i start to get through the relationship and that becomes a meta heavy thing too even in the stranger stranger setting is learning early on like what 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 do they bite with what what do i got to toss out there that gets me a bite that i feel good to keep building from yeah yeah um let's see anything else to to mention about how to tell if someone's lying to you oh i have here's a here's a little tip for how not to tell if someone's lying to you there's a common myth that if someone is avoiding your gaze when they're telling something, telling you something or responding to something, that they're lying. That is not true. Uh, yeah. In fact, there are studies, 
I believe from Dr. Paul Ekman that show that people are actually a little bit more likely to like hold your gaze and specifically look into your eyes when they're lying than, than otherwise. Um, and of course, I mean, as with all body language, and this is an important thing to know if you're someone who's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find their tells and I'll know when they're lying, when I get, when I find their tell. So the body language is like really mutable and different between people. Um, there really isn't one like universal thing that can be like, mm-hmm. Oh, that person did that thing. They're lying. That doesn't really exist. Um, however, that said, when you get to know someone really well, especially in person, when you can see them, uh, everybody does have their own, like their own specific body language. And eventually over time, it is possible to find someone's individual tell, but it's always going to be different from one person to the next. What that Absolutely. And that's very different from in-person versus online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there and and it's it is possible to find those uh, online in people's voices or in like how much they talk or the way they talk. Uh, it is possible to like think, oh, you know, usually when someone is trying to bluff or tell me a lie and sell me a bill of goods, they talk a lot. You know, they just they just keep talking up the deal or whatever to to make it more convincing, but. Uh, if they if they're just like hey this is my offer that's what's on the table and then they kind of shut up then that person is more likely to be telling me the truth and again that's not going to be that's far from universal that's just like a you know some particular set of behaviors that one person might have but it's possible yeah. to notice those patterns yeah i would agree with that like generally like you would assume like a confident person to be quiet you know like less is more sort of thing and like it's yeah. just I, I could definitely see that. And that's that's people, generally speaking. Yeah. And the eye contact thing, when it is lied or used in a game, in my opinion, based on what you said, would be because it's assumed that people that look at each other face-to-face are telling the truth. Like, that's that's what you strive for in relationships is you want eye contact. It's respectful, right? And, you know, especially depending on the kind of relationship, that's, that's valued. So when you're getting it in a card game or a ti game like <laughs> yeah you want for to the believe purposes that. of lying that makes sense i could totally see that yeah um i had a thought of where to go from here and that thought has escaped me so the last little thing i wanted to bring up about how to tell if someone's lying to you is this uh, currently new game as of this taping um that's all over twitch and steam uh, and, and people's little gaming groups right now, and that is this video game called Among Us, uh, which is this little four to ten person social deduction game that is all the rage right now. Um, and Tyler, I know you haven't played this yet, and I haven't even played this. I've just been watching it for the last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't care, or whatever. <laughs> this game is played by four to ten people, and essentially there are two groups. Uh, there are the crew of either a spaceship or a like military base or whatever map you're using, uh, and then there are imposters who are pretending to be crewmates, and uh, the crew folks are trying to accomplish tasks to end the game, and the imposters are trying to stop them by sabotaging them or killing them. And every so often, the group of players gets to come together and have a a very quick discussion like one to two minutes about who they think the imposter uh, or imposters are and uh, try to vote them off uh try to kill them via democracy and uh it's it's this really great social deduction game where this concept of lying and betraying your fellow players is basically the entire game that's awesome yeah yeah i definitely have to play that it reminds me of the thing too. Like I have not played that game, but like you've got a designated lying position, right? Like yeah. that's in that, in that game. I think it's fickle. It's based on the card draw. It's been a while since I played it, but you you get infected or not? I think is what it was. But pretty much, um, pretty much, yeah. But you, you're designated liar, right? So earlier, like we talked about, it, it's kind of like the game. If it allows it, how does it allow it? And then, right. And this a is, lot of what this is one of those games where you're basically expected to lie, like 100 percent of right. the time. 
Exactly. Yeah. So no, that's 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 a totally different take on it too. But those games are a lot of fun too with the lying aspect. They they make it a fun lie yeah. <laughs> because everybody knows when they show up, it's good to go. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the interesting things that I've picked up um, from watching the many many streamers on Twitch streaming this game is that it is possible to start to determine like, patterns about the people that you play with if you play with them enough. And you can tell that they'll behave a little bit differently um, if they're a crewmate or if they're an imposter. You know, yep. someone who is, uh, you know, someone might talk a lot if they're an imposter and talk very little if they're just a crewmate, you know, stuff like that. And if you can pick up on those things, then you might get yourself an edge in games like that. Absolutely. Yeah, and that reminds me so much of poker because it's known like that's what the bluff is, right? And we're just trying to figure out what the tell of the player is for the bluff so that we know when or not to be in that position. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could see how you could glean the tell in a game like that. Yeah. Um, So I think we've beaten the topic of betrayal uh, into the dirt at this point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully this can spark some fun discussions about uh, either people's epic backstabs or people's experiences with players like I used to be who will just lie all the time. Um, But before that can happen, I have a series of questions that I like to ask my uh, my guests, and I'm not looking for super (laughs) in-depth, like, you know, thought out answers i'm just looking for the quick things the 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 first thing that comes to your mind okay all right um first question tyler is what i actually we we already know this but i'm gonna ask it anyway (laughs) what is your favorite (laughs) ti faction favorite ti faction is sardak nor obviously no it's uh it's a con (laughs) you you had me there for half a second I was like, oh God, I didn't. I was wrong. I was so cocky and I was wrong. Back in the early days, I would have said that, but evolved <laughs> into the designated favorite, which is Hakan. <laughs> and Tyler, what is your least favorite TI faction? My least favorite? Ooh. Um, Mentak. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> kind of does. Is that your least favorite faction to play or to play against? I don't like to play them. I just, okay. yeah, if they're there, I don't mind. Pillage doesn't even bother me as much as I think it bothers some, but playing them, they, they just seem to be at such a disadvantage. Sure. Uh, so in light of that, what faction do you hate playing against the most? I hate playing against... I hate playing against Necro, man. I really do. Every single time. Because if I'm not them, I don't want to be around them oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so true all right um so here are some non-ti questions for the community folks out there to get to know tyler a little bit better uh what is your favorite word favorite word yep wow um i should have prepared and listened to more fireside chats i don't remember this part but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you didn't i don't want prepared answers to these questions good yeah my favorite word would be um gosh this is gonna sound so corny it's gonna love my favorite word is love that's i, I use it a choice. lot that's a great choice it's either that or and everyone that either is or is not like i always say brother that's probably more of like a the for me but love is my favorite word yeah that's that's so funny the the number you say brother so many times and it it reminds me of uh did you watch lost yes absolutely desmond the scottish dude says brother all the time and it's it's it just cracks me up and (laughs) it's so funny for the longest time like in my mind the difference between a scottish and an irish accent was whether or not i said brother (laughs) <laughs> that's so it's funny just, i just think that's thing, more the but... southern california upbringing man i'm more yeah laid back brother dude do that you name it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> slang words are usually my go-tos but impactful words i would go with love awesome uh what is your least favorite word <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to go in that direction because it would just be the polar opposite. But my, my least favorite word is, um, gosh, uh, how do I describe this least favorite word? It's more of a quality. Um, it's more, okay. we're going to edit this, by the way. <laughs> Don't let me go off on a tangent like that. Let me think. What's my least favorite word? Yeah, Rachel just helped me. It's narcissist. <laughs> that's my least favorite yeah, word. That, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Hmm. My favorite sound? Oh, gosh. Yeah, this is what I love to fall asleep to. It's a Danny Elfman score. It's the entire just sound of uh, Edward Scissorhands. It's one of my favorite movies to fall asleep to. So there you go. Very cool. What sound or noise do you hate? Sound or noise that I hate. Living in Santa Monica for so long, it was just street traffic. Horns. Mm, <laughs> Car yeah. horns drive me crazy. That's a good one. Yeah, I feel that. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Gosh, already decided, man, because the day I decide to hang up my hat selling software is the day I get into sound engineering. I play music, so I, I really want to get into uh, production and editing and engineering. Awesome. I did not even know that about you, genuinely. Yeah. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Anything in restaurants, because I did it for so long, and <laughs> the yes. fickleness, I think. Yeah, I just, yeah, I've been there, done that. Yep. Never again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so true. All right, my last question for you, Tyler. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> oh, man. I, if I am going to give you an authentic response, it would be you made a great impact on the world and you should be proud of yourself because of your charisma and the fact that you like the word love. You you reflected that or you rubbed that off, you know, in your time like that would be what I'd like to be greeted with, like a well done. Nice. Yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of people would like to know that. What would be an inauthentic answer? An inauthentic answer from God at the pearly gates would be, well, you were perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for getting stoned with me and spending an hour talking about backstabbing nerds. Not a problem, man. Any other day of the week, I'd be doing the same thing. So (laughs) (laughs) the fire's nearly out and you probably need a refill. Thanks for listening from Matt Martins, Hunter Donaldson, and myself, Alec Keeler. I hope you had a cozy time, and I'll see you again for the next one. Thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music, which you can find more of at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com.